Hey everyone, welcome to Pink Shade with Erin Martin. It is the best time of the week. It is time for a bunky recap with Mary Payne Gilbert. Hey Mary Payne. Hola. How are you? Feeling very international today. Sorry. Are you? Did you just eat a fancy frozen pizza? I did. So Italian. Italian. Okay, <laughs> you guys, we have really, really awesome news. And um, it, for me in particular, because I get to actually bunk with Mary Payne again. Yes, she is indeed coming out to the Madison Pink Shade Bunky Meetup November 8th. Now, I have announced this not on the podcast yet. So if you're not on the Facebook page, this is the first time you're hearing this. We are going to be together once again in all of our bunky glory. This is November 8th, Madison, Wisconsin. Luann Delaseps is coming here on November 8th to do her Countess and Friends Cabaret Show Darlings. Now, <laughs> you may be interested in going to this show. I am in the process of getting possibly some tickets for giveaways. I don't know how many and maybe some VIP backstage passes. I'm working on it, guys. I'm Ooh. working on it. Yes. Yeah, so we're going to see how that goes. However, we'll definitely be going to the show again because, you know, we didn't uh, experience the horror quite enough the first time. But more importantly, even if you have no interest in going to Luann's show, it is just a good reason to all get together. So if you're anywhere near Madison, if you're in the Chicagoland area, if you're in Minnesota, where Brian from Marrying Millions is allegedly from, if you are, yeah, within driving distance, even if you want to fly, hey, Madison has an airport, you know? Yeah, I'm flying there. Yeah, hey there. <laughs> you can fly right on out. <laughs> and you can stay in a hotel and you can come see us on that Friday night, November 8th. We're going to, I'm in the process right now of getting a really great space for us so we can fit as many bunkies in there as possible. <laughs> Drinks, hors d'oeuvres, you know, uh, the money guns that we can blast Monopoly money out of. Oh, oh, to-do list. Yeah, to-do to do list, money gun. We're going to have swag for you guys. We're going to have big hugs. And I would love to see as many of you as possible. And I'm so excited, Mary Payne, that you booked a ticket on out here and we get to be bunkies for a few days again. I have so many miles from that L.A. trip and using my Payne in the Pod credit card that I just, it was just like a free ticket. I could just fly back and forth several times. Like I'm so, I had so many, I didn't know I had so many miles and I logged in. I was like, Oh, look at this. So heck yeah, I'm coming. Oh my God. It's amazing. And I'm just praying for like no blizzard yet. Did you hear about <gasps> the polar coaster we're supposed to be getting here in the Midwest? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Did you say polar coaster? Polar coaster bitches. Okay. Last year we had the polar vortex uh -huh. this year. All of the radio stations, all of the TV stations are trying to scare us even worse. They're like, get ready for the polar coaster. Bon, bon, 2019-20. We're like, what? We're like running from Godzilla over here. Because <laughs> last year, this fucking polar vortex, everybody who's in, you know, any kind of northern situation knows that we had like some deep freeze situations going on last year. So this year, what they're saying, according to the Farmer's Almanac, who is always saying that they're, you know, that they can predict the best weather patterns. I don't know that that's true. Sometimes they're right, sometimes they're not. But what they're saying is that we're going to get a series of polar vortex-like weather patterns. And mm -hmm. it's going to be up, down, up, down, like freeze to death, all melts again. Freeze to death, all melts again. And they're calling it the polar coaster. Not to be confused with the Ramona coaster. Not to be confused with the Ramona coaster, but it's still going to be like a calm down, take a Xanax kind of winter. Mm, okay, well, I hope I'm there on a down uh, a downwind because uh, I don't I don't do well when it's freezing. I know. Well, anyway, bring your sensible shoes, curl up what you got. 
Yeah, we are going to try to do a pillow talk live from my bed. So who's going to film this? Your husband? You know what? I don't know. It doesn't matter. A neighbor who know we just moved here. Nobody knows us that well yet. I can just embarrass myself freely. We're going to figure it out. If I need a tripod, we're getting a tripod. We have to get a tripod with a ring light on it like Rebecca has. I have a huge professional ring light. Yes, ma'am. So don't you worry. It's going to happen. Yeah, we're going to, we have plans, people. So we really want to see you guys. If you can come, come November 8th, Friday, November 8th, you can go online and get tickets to Luann's show. They're not as expensive as the LA tickets. You know, this is Madison. So the market is a little bit different. However, I think it's going to be a really fun time just, you know, to do whatever combination of events you want to, especially if we can see as many of you guys as possible. So join the Pink Shade with Aaron Martin Facebook group. That is where all central announcements will be. Even if you're not a Facebook person, it is worth creating a profile. Please make it legitimate with a picture or we won't be letting you in and you will see everything posted there. I'm going to try to keep it in one place. I will put things out on Instagram and Twitter at Aaron Leah Martin. If you follow me there, you know, here and there as I can, but I will put everything on the Facebook page. So send a request for that. Mary Payne, anything else you want to add? I just want to know who would be in the VIP room in Madison, Wisconsin. I mean, when we were in LA, it was, it was actual celebs were in there. So who are the local celebrities in Madison besides you? Oh, besides me. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. as I'm renting, as I'm trying to rent this space for our bunkie meetup, I'm making Mary Payne and I sound very, very extra famous, which is hilarious. <laughs> so guys don't tell anyone that we're not. And, uh, I'm picturing people like, Local comedians who are maybe roped into being Luann's and friends Uh or uh, maybe like a stray wandering politician. I don't know. Like who would be who who is going to be in that room? You know what? The bunkies will be in that room, hopefully. Like, yeah, it's going to be us. Yeah. And I'm maybe uh, Tom Farley, who Chris Farley's brother, who's like a pretty prominent, you know, guy around town. I, I I really have to think about this. You're right. Who is going to be in that room? Is it even going to be a room? Is it just going to be like a little corner of something roped off? We'll see. But you know okay, what? Well. I don't care. We're going to try to get in it anyway. And we're going to try to get some of you guys in there too. Okay. Yes. Here we go. All right. Are you ready to recap before the 90 days and then move on to love after lockup? I'm ready. Okay. Should we start with Ben and Akini? Okay, Ben and Akini. I'm scrolling to them. While you scroll, I'll just go ahead and I'll sing us in. Okay. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Now, Mary Payne, do you know that I know that entire song by heart? Because yes, I was raised partially in a cult. Then on to Pentecostal church, which was kind of the same. I have not seen a hymnal slash Bible, whatever that was, with that many post-it notes since the Bible my father legitimately had in the cult we were in, where you were required to post-it note it up that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was alarming. And I, I, the, the post-it notes I did notice right away. But first, when they first came into that sad little room and he's sitting there singing, I thought, is there like a child in the room that he's singing to? Nope. He's just sitting on the bed singing his handle. I mean, it was, it was bleak. It was dark. It was bleak, but it was okay. Can I, can I admit something that was kind of sweet? Like, I don't 
know what it was nostalgic for me because as soon as I heard him singing that song I'm like oh my god I sang that song every single Sunday morning Sunday night and Wednesday night and then also at Christian school so I was in church basically my whole entire life growing up and I forgot he is preparing to be a pastor that's what he said in the first intro package we have not been kept up on that storyline because it's all been about him Mm -hmm. being the guy who's visiting and the whole family hates yeah, he has like a tech job, but then on the side, he's studying to be a pastor. He is, that is right? studying to be a pastor. So this is interesting to me because the whole family uh, hates him, basically, and the father wants nothing to do with him. However, we find out in previews for next week, the father is kind of a fire and brimstone pastor. Oh, that's very exciting. Um, yeah, so we, we we kind of start off with they kind of recap that thing that happened at the, at the dinner. And, you know... Uh, He's like, let me walk you home, blah, 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 and this whole, like, no, you have to go home with Fidel, but I'm mad at Fidel, but I can't tell you what he said, and all this weird stuff. So when he goes up to Fidel and is like, let's go home now, and he, they say, what's wrong with Akini? And he goes, I don't know. Like, maybe she's tired. She had a long day. You know, we've been really busy. And Fidel said, well, it must have been something you did wrong. And Akini had already told Ben that Fidel upset her, so then Ben's like, um, I, I was like, this is mind game, gaslighting. And Fidel goes, this is the second time you did something wrong. So maybe you need to work on something. I mean, and Ben's <laughs> like, but she told me that you did something wrong, but he can't say it. It was like some mind game stuff. It was, it was, it was pretty good. I think Fidel, um, I think Fidel is really pulling one over on him. I think so, too. I mean, he really does not like him, and he's really trying to work it behind the scenes by telling Akini, which we find out later, that she's embarrassed the whole family. She's brought shame on their household. Yeah. Their father not showing up is her fault for bringing this guy home. I'm like, you're not even getting to know him. I mean, yes, you made him eat the fish brains and said, ooh, soft, feel it. You know, you did all of that, but... Also, Ben has been kind of a schmuck. He hasn't brought a gift. He didn't bring a gift for the mother. He doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know how to act. Then again, yeah. I'm, I'm going on a Ramona coaster myself because I'm going back to the other side of the argument. They sprung on him like, you're going to be staying with my brother. You're going to be meeting my family. My dad is really important. Here's all the rules. Here's some fish brains. I mean, they're springing <laughs> shit on him constantly. No wonder he's like singing his hymns and rocking himself to sleep in his bed. <laughs> it's not fair. Yeah, I agree. It is it is a roller coaster for him. And, you know, he calls her and is like, come on over and let's talk. And she's like, well, you have to come outside because I will not see Fidel. So I mean, that puts him in this horrible position because he knows that he has to suck up to Fidel. But like now she's saying she's mad and won't talk. And she, um, t- you know, somewhat tells him what was said about it's a shame on the family that dad didn't show up. And she says, listen, I just ignore things and I don't want to talk about it again. So I don't want to talk about it again. And he was like, well... It's not the way I do things, and it's a red flag if you have these, you know, communication challenges. But she says, like, don't talk to my brother about it. Don't do it. He was like, oh, my God. And then then you see his last thing of the whole scene of them. He goes, you know, I don't really know if Fidel likes me. Ben, newsflash. He doesn't like you. Nobody here likes you. I mean, Akini Mm -hmm. is basically your only, the only thing standing between Ben and being just completely thrown out of town is Akini. Yeah, and she's on the fence. (laughs) <laughs> I know it's so bad though. He's in a really terrible position and he has to stay with the brother, but she's in a fight with the brother. She's like, don't talk to him. Go back there. Yeah. Like don't talk to him, but go live with him. <laughs> so strange. Ben's like, what can't wash away my <laughs> But okay. You haven't watched Pillow Talk yet? Pillow no. Talk is fucking hilarious this week. Tariq, he 
sees Ben singing, his face is everything. And then he goes, all right, he's singing a hymn, but why is he singing it like Children of the Corn? That's what I was saying. It's just very, it's not like, listen, you don't have to be a great singer to, you know, want to sing. Um, I'm an example of that, but, but it was like, it was, it was like robotic, like children of the corn. Yes, absolutely. It was uh, in addition to it being bad singing, which is fine. Cause not everybody can be, you know, Celine Dion, but it was, it was, it was scary. It was one of the more bleak moments of 90 day fiance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was. <laughs> And that's saying a lot. That's saying a whole lot. Okay, speaking of bleak, let's, should we talk about Omar and Avery? There wasn't a whole lot going on this week except for Valerie Bertinelli continuing, in my opinion, to be MVP of this entire situation. Yep, she's a star. Um, so they're they're hanging out in the room, and uh, mom comes in and was like, "You know, I got to go to bed. You got to get out of here." So tomorrow's the wedding. So the, she sees this as her last chance. So. She says Avery is naive and very easily manipulated. And so she asked Avery, like, don't you think it's kind of strange that you found each other so quickly on that site? And just a couple of months later, like, here we are. Um, Don't you think that's strange? Do you think he's using you for a visa? Avery says, if he wanted someone just for a visa, he would have found someone. And mom says, "Uh, he did find someone. It's you. Right. (laughs) Surprise. Spoiler alert. You're it. And Avery's like, eh, she goes into complete teenage mode after that. Yes. Do you notice? Yeah. Yes. I said she glares at her mother like any good teenager would yep. and goes, that's fine because we don't have to live in the USA. Huh? Yeah. I can live wherever I want. I can do what I want. Yeah. And the mom says, well, I'm pretty sure that's not what he wants. Uh, where is he even allowed other than Syria? And then she goes, no, well, we could go to other Arab countries because he's going to be a periodontist and he has a job so we can go. She goes, you know. I'm just going to march over to his room right now and tell him we're not going to the U.S. I'll show you. So she marches out in the hall and she's looking around. There's like some random person on the stairs. And then she goes, "Okay, well, he's not in there right now. So I was like, where is he? Did he go to the bar? I mean, where is he? Doesn't this remind you of like what your teenagers do, though? When they like march around like, I'll show you, blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, I can't show you right now, but still. Uh, Yeah. It absolutely. I was, that's the exact same thing I wrote. She glares at her mother like every teenager in the United States glares hatefully at their mother. And, you know, I was like, where did he go? They don't explain. And then she goes, anyway, he's not in there. And so the mom says, I just, I just think maybe you're starting to see it that perhaps he's using you for the visa. And she starts bawling, crying. And the mom's like, I don't think you quite get the real risks involved here. Like if you move to Syria. And Avery starts bawling, crying, and says, it's just not fair. I mean, why are people questioning a relationship? I mean, she says, either I am naive or I am right. And we'll see eventually. And there is the making of a yet another t-shirt. It's going into the spreadsheet. Either mm-hmm. I'm naive or I'm right. Avery on the bed, bawling. That's the mm-hmm. picture that goes with it. I mean, my God. It, her mom is a trooper. I know, I know people are giving her shit for like interfering. That would be me. I, I'm raising my hand. Like if this was my daughter, I'd be flying with her too. I mean, hopefully I could convince her not to do this. And I'd be over and over again asking her like, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? Have you thought about Even if she was crying and calling me a horrible person for doing it. Somebody has to be the adult here. I don't, I have... I don't read all, a bunch of stuff, but are you saying that people like really are questioning her mom? I mean, 
People have said that her mom her mom is like interfering and she doesn't understand the culture. I don't think that's a huge sentiment, but I have seen that sentiment out there. And I think her mom is just being a good mom. I do too. And why this is not a culture she was ever um what's the word I'm looking for? Exposed to before. So her daughter in six months time converted to a whole different religion and wants to live in a different culture. And, you know, it's like whiplash, you know, like she's trying to keep up. Right. I mean, did you see mom doing the Macarena in that outfit (laughs) going out of the mosque? I mean, she's trying. She is uh, the college Uh, try uh, is happening. Oh my God. Macarena. All right. Tim and Jennifer with the two F's. Tim wants babies with Jennifer, but he still hasn't touched her or even looked directly at her. Um, I did see her him this week touch her on the back. Oh, uh, when she was getting into a she was getting into that chairlift thing. He he touched her on the back. Maybe he was clutching onto her because he was scared. But so so we start off and they're in the park. He's got this huge bouquet of flowers and he's waiting for Jennifer and Violet. And he, you know she tells him um, she feels very sad and she wants him to explain about the text. And she wants to know does he have feelings for this other girls and the other girl and you know. He says, I don't know. You know, I just didn't have any closure with her. Dumb, dumb answer. And he was with his ex for two years, and they show some very cheesy photos. Girl's face blacked out. She does not want to be associated with this. And, you know, he says, I have no intention of responding to the text. I I just want to be here for you and for Violet. And he just wants to have a good family day. I'm like, you met her two days ago. This is not your family. And she says, you know, I think maybe that's why we have bonded because we're very broken from our past. And and we said we don't know how to love each other. I was like, I'm not really sure if that's what it is. No, I think it has more to do with Tim's face waxing and his chunky jewelry and his tank tops and his eyeliner. And there's like a whole bevy of things going on here that are not working out. You know, she is not attracted to him and he is the most awkward human being around her on the planet. Yeah, I mean, he's had these girlfriends for long periods of time. So it's not like he's never had, he's not like, what's his name, Vince, that looks like a serial killer and admits he's never had a girlfriend. I mean, Timothy is, is. I mean, he's had, <laughs> I sound like um, the guy from The Breakfast Club. I've had lots of women in lots of different countries, um, but he has. <laughs> He's had long-term girlfriends. Uh, he apparently has. I know. He's got Veronica back home. He's got these other ones in Colombia. He's got all these pictures of women. I mean, he's like a ladies' man who cannot even give her give this Jennifer with the two Fs a peck on the cheek. I mean, it's really bizarre. Yeah, and the other girls he's been with, except for the one whose face was blotted out, we don't know. But, I mean, his other girlfriend is very attractive. So it's not like he it's not like he's so stunned to have an attractive woman. You know, I keep trying to think, like, what is it? Is it the cameras? Maybe. Could be. Well, there was an Ask Me Anything. You know how, like, all of these 90-day, uh-huh. five-minute flash-in-the-pan people are doing these Ask Me Anythings on Instagram. And somebody was like, what do you enjoy most about the show? And he's like, I love being on camera. <laughs> I was like, hmm, well, you get ready for it for hours beforehand. We can tell that you put the effort in. All right. Well, whatever. So he says there has not been a first kiss because there hasn't been a right time. They slept in the same bed. Yeah. What about that time y'all slept together and there were no cameras there? Um, He asked her about having more kids and how they'd have a beautiful baby. And she's like, oh, it's so wonderful that he's saying that. But it's pretty weird because we've still not kissed. Um, And he says he knows he needs to do it soon because it's getting awkward and he's going to blow it. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it gets even more awkward and he blows it when he has like a full on panic attack on that lift ride thing going. That was me. You know what? I, I, I get it. I get it. So my mom can't even sit in the balcony 
at place. Like she has full fear of heights. Like we can't go above, you know, like a third step anywhere. So uh, I understand fear of heights. However, it's just adding to Tim's awkwardness. You know, it, of course he would have to have that too. Yeah. He's not remotely trying to act, you know, uh, manly at all. No. no, he's definitely fine to be there to be two. Uh, he's definitely trying not to be the beta, I guess. Is what, I mean, the alpha, oh my God, help me. He's definitely not trying to be the alpha is what I'm trying to say. He's not even trying to be like more tough than the three-year-olds. I mean, she's like, what's wrong with you? Is he crying? I mean, I was dying for her to like jump up and start banging on the side of the glass. Um, that would have given me full anxiety. So I was like, oh, please don't let her get up and do that. But it'll be so funny if she does. <laughs> so, so my husband has a total, like not fear, but legitimate illness that sets in with even the slightest round and round motion. You know, like everyone hits that age where you can no longer go in any kind of circle or you'll just like puke. And carnival rides usually do us in, you know, things like that. And so I've actually recently gotten to that point, but he got there pretty early on in life. Like I want to say like 30, whereas it took me like maybe another 12 years or so. So we were at Hershey Park. Shout out Hershey Park. That's where I worked all through high school. That's where I graduated. And uh, we went there as adults way before I think we were even married. And they put you on rides with other people when it's like, you know, six people to a whatever basket. So it was this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we get on with one other kid. It's just like two grown ass adults, us, where I think we're like probably 30 years old at that point. And then hanging out at an amusement park. I don't know why. And then this one kid who's maybe, I don't know, 11 years old, he gets in. It's this basket thing that's circular and it goes, it's a huge Ferris wheel, but it's like an enclosed cage, each different, Mm -hmm. each different thing. We get in and this kid starts taking the wheel and spinning it. And I'm like, I'm sitting there like, oh, you know, like, yeah, this ride is for kids. Like, let's just chill. Bruce full on, full on, like grabs the wheel, scares this kid to death. And he's like, that's enough of that. Uh, yeah. Where was that kid's parent? <laughs> I'm with your husband. Stop. That's horrible. I was like, you can't do that. This is his ride too. Like, we're... He's like, I don't care. I'm going to throw up. And the kids like started almost crying. I had to go outside, apologize to his parent. I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. We have to leave the amusement park immediately. <laughs> I'm humiliated. He's like, whatever, dude. He's like, I can't. Yeah. So I understand... <sighs> having fears and getting sick on high things on circular things however it's not doing at the end of the day it's not doing tim any favors that every scene with him he's being like a weird wimp yeah he's not he's not even trying to be like machismo latin man or anything nope nope nope. so anyway okay caesar is just again like it's the same story we've seen with caesar the entire season so far. I mean, it's just him sitting in a hotel being rejected. This week, however, we sort of get closure because Maria finally dumps him. Yeah, he's a sweaty mess in that confessional. When they first showed him, I was like, God, somebody give him a fan or like blot him off. My gosh, not when, not in the hotel room, but in the confessional. He was like dripping. Um, so, but they show him in the room and he's calling Maria and he asks, you know, why didn't you let me know that it was canceled? And she again's like, I didn't cancel it. I didn't know. And he was like, why didn't you let me yesterday? She's like, I don't know. And he says, well, you know, I could have fixed it. And so, you know, you, you could still come. And, you know, I've just worked so hard and I'm here and I'm waiting on you. And she goes, look, he's like, oh, I'll work so hard. Blah, blah, blah. And she goes, yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. You work so hard. And that's what you tell me. But you're not a real man. You're always the victim. And if you work so hard, then that's your problem. 
<laughs> it was bad. It was bad. I was like, I didn't think she was going to turn on him like that. And again, you haven't seen Pillow Talk yet, but it's like the reactions to this scene are pretty hilarious. I mean, I have to say Asuelu on Pillow Talk is, yeah. of course, my favorite because my heart belongs to Asuelu. He goes, oh, Caesar, my poor guy. And then when he sees the edible underwear on the bed, he asks what they are and Kalani explains them. And he goes, oh, that seems scary. <laughs> but Tariq and Dean keep it real. They're like, that's not your Ukrainian girlfriend. That is your catfisher. I mean, because he's like, my girlfriend broke up with me. It's like, that's not your girlfriend. You literally have never met her. We don't even know if she's real. Oh, my gosh. Well, listen, I mean, Tarek had, Tariq, whatever, had never met Hazel. And, you know. I know. I know. I know. It's true. It's, I know. But still. I don't know. I mean, this whole thing is so bad. Five years, $40,000. That is a different situation. Yeah, I hope in the meantime, if the story is true, I hope in the meantime he was at least dating some of his nail clients because they all seem to think he's a pretty great guy. I know, right? I mean, like, go live your best nail tech life. Like, go date somebody there, do their nails, do up what you got, earn your money, pay your rent, pay your bills, turn your electric back on, Caesar. Like, get it together, dude. And also, I have to correct myself. Before I said uh, Tariq Tarek said the children of the corn thing, that was Dean, actually. I wrote that note down wrong. Uh, They are back gracing our screens. It's going to be, as soon as you catch up, you're just going to be so happy to see them again. Oh, I I know. I love them, too. Okay, Rebecca and Ziad. I want to say one last thing about Caesars that was really sad at the end. He said, you know, for her, it was all a game. And he said, everybody will laugh and say, I told you so. And then I'll have to say, you were right. I know. It's like, oh, that was actually really sad. And the single Lisa Rinatier that came down his cheek. I'm Mm -hmm. like, that is a sad shot. Or he is truly a professional actor of a higher caliber than we all originally thought. Yeah. This is some Daniel Day Lewis right here. Seriously. Yeah. I still don't know what to think about his story, but it's pathetic. If it's fake, it's pathetic. And it's, if it's real, it's pathetic. The whole thing is really <laughs> pathetic. Okay, moving on. Either way, conclusion, it's pathetic. It's okay. pathetic. Yes, 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 yes. Let's yes, go to Tunisia. Yes, yes. So they're at a beautiful spice market. And uh, he knows his sister is not going to like Rebecca because he does, she doesn't want him to move to America. And he says, this makes me so much worried. And I will never get over the fact that you posted the picture of the spice market with the cat in the spices. Yep, because uh, screenshot, screenshot people, I have it. There's a cat jumping out of one spice bucket into the other. Therefore, the spices are kitty litter. What I am the hell? So nauseous. So, okay, let's go past that so I don't throw up. So they get in the car, and in the car, it appears that he has swallowed Big Bird. I, I, I don't know what was happening with that yellow sweater, but... It made him a, a object appear ten times larger. I mean, I, I, I cannot get over that. He needs a sweater and a Jakings intervention stat. I mean, Zied, who I'm growing to like, I actually like him. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. These people are all weirdos, but he's not as creepy as I originally thought. But his sweaters are like out. He's out of his mind wearing these things. He's out of his mind. It is like. This fits you in 12th grade, but now you are 26. It does not fit you anymore. It looks like my husband tried on one of my sweaters. 
is what it looks like. I'm like, are you yes. wearing Rebecca's sweater? Is that hers? Does she bring that with her? Absolutely. That's what it looks like. It's like Colty and Mama Colty sharing clothes. Also, uh, alert, Colty and Debbie are on Pillow Talk this season, and it's really grossing me out already. However, even okay. they called out the kitty in the kitty litter slash spices as being well, disgusting course. and i was like they would uh, notice the cat yeah, as the cats were like sitting on their nachos though i mean like their cats are all up in their food and they still thought it was gross okay anyway <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> all right so they go to his sister's house and she is smart enough um unlike benjamin she has brought a gift of spices um okay the sister's name is w-i-e-m so is it weem I just took a sip of Diet Coke. Sorry. Yes, I think it's, I wrote W-I-E-M, question mark. Also, because I, he was pronouncing it, but I couldn't figure it out. Weem, weem, let's say weem. I, I, yeah, I feel like he was saying like, S- my sister, and you're like, wait, what? Roll back. What did he say? So we're just going to call her sister. So the sister, you know, says like, he's my one and only brother. I don't think he should leave us. So Rebecca just stands and stares at her awkwardly while she's cooking. It's so awkward, and I'm sure it's drawn out by producers, but it looked like she stood there and just stared at her with those pitiful eyes for like five, ten minutes. Yeah, it was really bad. I mean, the whole thing, it it gets more awkward as they go along, of course, but it starts out so bad. I'm like, what? why didn't he sort of broker a little bit of conversation at the very beginning? He just sort of makes out with his sister, by the way. Like, did you see that kiss? (laughs) Well, he hadn't seen her in a while. Okay. All right. Uh, well, And then she's like, my brother, he's perfect. I'm like, what's going on with this brother and sister? But uh-huh, they uh-huh, don't really yeah. make it easier for Rebecca. Although Rebecca does herself no favors because she acts like a complete tool from beginning to end by not being able to answer any questions about anything. Yeah. She seemed real, real confident when she was talking to the soccer team, but get around <laughs> his family. Like, no. So the sister says, um, what's the main thing that you love in Ziad? And Rebecca was like, um, well, there's so many things. There's not one thing. And the sister says, the idea of him going with you is not good for me. So why does he have to sacrifice and not you? She was like, that's true. That's true. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, she just couldn't even like form a sentence. And then he says, <laughs> I hope you like cook my sister. I love cook my sister so much. <laughs> I love him. I sort of love him. Am I falling in love with, with Ziet? Is this me, like, being catfish? I don't know what's happening. Yes, I think you are. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, 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 yes. 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 Oh, beautiful. Oh. I want to wear that pink vest. I want to get mm. all in the getup. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. So he loves cook his sister. They eat his sister's cook. And then... <laughs> she says, how many wives? How many times have you been married in your in your life? <laughs> they laugh about Rebecca being a hoe for the rest of the meal. Yeah. She, he goes, yes, yes, yes. I, I'm the fourth. And sister goes, oh, you've already included yourself. <laughs> that sister is savage. Like I was feeling angry toward her throughout the meal because even though Rebecca was being weird and awkward, the fact that she was like talking in the language that native to them that Rebecca obviously doesn't understand and then laughing at her. I'm like, this is, this is beyond. This is like outright really rude. Yeah, I wonder if there's other siblings or if it's just the two of them. I don't know. Because then that would make a lot more sense where she's like, you're going to leave me here to take care of her parents. So um, she wants, she asked him again about, you know, what would be the difference like between Zied and all the others? And, you know, she's like, um, I don't, I don't know. I mean, he's nice. I, I don't know. And then she, you know, alludes again. She's got something secret to say. And, you know, I was not expecting what she said. 
I sort of was. I was expecting it to either be a relationship with a woman or, and not to, this is not a political podcast, people, but I thought she was going to talk about terminating a pregnancy or something like Uh that. You know, something that is not only considered um, against their religion, but possibly even illegal. And I don't know that either one of those are true. So mm-hmm. I'm, in, I'm a dumbass over here talking about this shit, but I just assumed it would be something, one of those two. Well, because she says over and over, it's strictly forbidden in their religion. And I literally almost got my phone out and Googled like things that are strictly forbidden. And I was like, you know what? I don't care. No, exactly. So they, they're at this gorgeous, gorgeous place, this restaurant by the sea. I mean, it is beautiful. Oh my God. It was like Mykonos, Santorini. I mean, Tunisia, this place in Tunisia, they were, it was just gorgeous. I want to go there. Beautiful. Yeah, it, it was really pretty. And so they get the hookah. Ziad loves himself a hookah. He loves the hookah. You know what? It really calms him down, too, because he took this news pretty well that's about to come at him. Yeah. And she says, you know, look, I know that there's a lot about me that your family doesn't like. And he says, every day I love you more. And I see that you are so perfect. And she goes, well, you may not think that I I still, you know, I want you to know everything about me and still love her and something so important. And we just build up and build up. And finally, she said, you know, I once had a relationship with a woman. And, you know, she says it was a long time ago and she just tried it out. And then she says, does this make you so angry? And he says, no, he seems really stunned. He goes, you know, to the camera, he goes, this relation make me angry, but it was before me before my time it's okay now but he seems like he's pissed how can you tell he looks stunned because he looks like that in every single photo that we've ever seen of him that stunned look is just his look well i know that he's angry because he says this relation make me so angry that's right okay in pillow talk and he says two <laughs> things that are amazing during this scene first of all she says to david zied looks like an arabic culty ah <gasps> The body does. The body does. Yes. Yes. But we love Zied and we do not love Colty people. Right. Okay. So, and Zied sweaters, although hilarious, are sort of awesome. Also, she says when Rebecca is confessing her big secret about being in a relation with a woman, she goes, no, don't tell them about your sex. No, no, no. (laughs) But I mean, this is what I wrote. I said, you know, I've been married for 19 years. My husband doesn't know Every single past person that I had a date with, that I had a two-month fling with, I mean, he knows the major players of boyfriends that I had. But, I mean, here or there, sometimes, like, a friend from college would be like, didn't you date that guy? I'll go, oh, yeah, I did have a couple days with that guy. I mean, I'm not hiding it. I just forgot. So, you don't – we're old people. Like, you don't have to tell every single person that you kissed your whole entire life when you're 50 years old. I mean (laughs) – Very pain. We're old people. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we got too much we got too much shit going on to go through it all it's true though it's true she's at an age i mean she has like 20 some year old kids right so she doesn't need to be going through her entire dating history she is like looking for stuff like she is i also one time you know kissed the ups guy oh no that was sex in the city never mind i mean she just like is bringing up things that like literally either didn't happen don't make sense doesn't freaking matter it's like i've got to stay on the show as long as i can what oh one time i kissed a girl at a party let me bring that up i mean ah come on the real thing that she should be talking about is the fact that she's still legally married while it's not really i mean a moral issue i mean to her or maybe even to him it is a legal problem 
You know what I mean? That has to do with him getting a visa, the timing of him marrying her, if that's what they want to do. That is something that she should be talking about. So I'm, why is she bringing up this, like, I had a relation with a woman once? I mean, come on. Whatever. I don't, okay. Like, okay. So if she goes, say, that she gets home next week, and the next week she goes and has all the correct paperwork and files for the K-1 visa for him to come over, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You file the K-1 visa for them to come over. Then once they get here, you have 30, uh, 90 days. So- if she goes and files for the K-1 visa and has all the correct paperwork, her paperwork will show that she's still married to somebody else. Exactly. So she, she can't file until that divorce is finalized. Right. She's pulling a Sumit, and he's Jenny, and he needs to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All okay. Right. So, all right. Let's go on to Tom and Darcy. These are my favorite people on the planet. I laughed out loud multiple times throughout their segments this week. And I mean, of course, I, we laugh at the show constantly. And that's what we're here to do is just laugh at this shit nonstop because the world is a dark place and this brings us joy. However, Tom and Darcy going to Albania, again, there's spinoff after spinoff within 90 Day, within the 90 Day universe. This could be one. Just Stacy and Darcy and their boyfriends, their totally PTSD boyfriend, like <laughs> who look at each other like, help me and the the total psychotic dysfunction that is their twin relationship i mean it was amazing so they first open up in the flat and she's carrying down all the bags at first i was like oh she's just carrying down her bags but no the dk and y white suitcases are his <laughs> they each have two suitcases i'm like how long are you going so there i mean even i and you know i'm a heavy packer even i only need one suitcase so they are headed to Albania, and he's like, you know, thanks for bringing the bags down. You know, my ankle's still swollen, you know, from the lovemaking or whatever. And he gets in the thing, and they show him in the cab once they land, and he goes, having to go to Albania is a real finger in the eye. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what a cute little British thing to say. It's a real finger in the <laughs> eye. Something my grandmother would have said. I love it. I love him. So they're going to meet Florian and Stacy. So Florian is, and I'm now using my air quotes, a 27-year-old fitness model in Albania and they've been together three and a half years. So they have been together since Florian was 23 and Stacy was 41. Okay. They've obviously been together since before Florian went through a full war and has become emaciated and got his face knocked in a couple of times because he looks like a completely different person than his mm-hmm. Instagram profile. He does look very gaunt, emaciated <laughs> and yellow. So they get, they get, they're getting, they land in Albania and Tom's like, I'm just so tired. I just want to go to bed. Like we've been up since five in the morning. So I don't know how long it is to go from London to Albania, nor do I know where either one of these things are on the map, but I can imagine it would be tiring. So they get there and she's like, Oh, we have a text. We're going to meet him at a restaurant instead of the hotel. And I was like, that, that would irritate the shit out of me. I'd be like, just let me, he goes, I really just want to go to the hotel and like, freshen up. I'm so tired. She's like, no, no, we have to go right to this restaurant. So they get to the restaurant. They got to take their four bags out and like put them at the, you know, the coat station. It's so annoying. So she has to dig through her, you know, bags on the sidewalk. She's like, I have to put my heels on. He goes, what you have on is fine. She's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to see my sister. And he goes, okay, well, it doesn't matter. She has on heels. No, no, she can't be taller than me. Okay. I'm short. Okay. All right. So it begins. We see the competition beginning. Yeah. And he's like, I don't even get this. Like, I, she should have been like us pack your sensible shoes in your bag so that you could switch when you need to. Exactly. So she doesn't know the tricks. So no. there, he's like, so you're going to unload all these suitcases on the sidewalk. It'll just take a second. So they're waiting and they're waiting and they're waiting. 
at the restaurant and Tom's getting cranky and I would be cranky too. I would be too. I would be Tom 100%. I mean, especially if the company you had to keep was Darcy. Yeah. He's like, okay, so not only did I change all my plans and come here for them and they can't even be on time to like, they did have time to go to the hotel. So she wouldn't have to empty her bags on the street. Like they did have time. He could splash some water on his right. pompadour or whatever. On, a, so, on Pillow Talk, Kalani says, Tom hobbled all the way over there on his sex broken ankle and her sister is ghosting them? <laughs> I don't think so. Sex broken ankle. So they're 40 minutes late and she, they heard nothing from him. She's like, I, I just text him again. I don't know, man, it's my Wi-Fi. Huh? And then I feel I felt bad for her because I've been in that position too where I could tell my husband's getting madder and madder. And I'm like, it's not my fault. I'm trying so hard, you know, like, Everybody, everybody's uncomfortable and she's put in the middle. And he's like, this is ridiculous. And, you know, if they're not here in 15 minutes, we're leaving. So they arrive. I don't know where they came from. It looks like they came from the bathroom. So they show up and all I put in all capital letters, letters is Florian is a catfish. He is not as cute as in his pictures at all. No, at che- all. Chewy just barked in agreement. He agrees. Yes. Thanks, Florian Chewy. does not look like his pictures at all. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and give the award to Stacy and Darcy for at least looking the most like their pictures of this foursome. You know what I mean? Totally. Like yes. we, we we joke about them a lot. You know, oh my god, like they're doing too much. Look at them; they're so fake. Whatever. They at least resemble the photos that are crazy. Also, that they put on Instagram. These two dudes look nothing like their photos. Not even like a a passing resemblance. Yeah. Totally. And, you know, so Tom makes a crack about, you know, okay, well, we've been waiting for nine hours. Ha ha ha. Cheers. And Stacy, they show her on the sidewalk and she's like, um, Tom seems to be very structured and Darcy is more like a free spirit. And I was like, just wait for it. Just wait for it. She's going to say her heart's open, but she didn't say it. No. And then we <sighs> see Stacy every shot of her sitting down next to Florian in the restaurant. Did you notice there's like a full wall of corn behind her? I did. What is that? I was like, that's a little, that's an interesting decoration. Maybe because it's dried and it'll never go bad. So they don't ever have to take it out of that big urn behind them. I don't know. It was a, it was a corn wall. It was a corn wall and Stacy sitting in front of it was pretty, pretty amazing because she was trying to be all huffy with a corn wall hanging out behind her. And her, their hair is a little corn husk ish. <laughs> totally. Oh, Darcy does talk about her vision board to manifest a man. Did you catch that? I would love to see Darcy's vision board. I would pay many, many dollars to see the original vision board. I would too. I bet the person on the vision board looks a lot like Florian, but not not like Tom. I bet Darcy has a Stacy doll somewhere that she just knifes in the head every night. I mean, these two we know that what they got a, the police called on them last year or was it the mm-hmm. year before because they got to a physical fight mm-hmm. and then they were like hey, it happens all the time we were drunk it's fine yeah no story here look away yeah yeah they completely like attacked each other they, they have problems man yeah and they live together so um they so okay stacy they you know all right so all right, back up. Tom, I got, I got this is my these are my favorite people so tom <laughs> looks at florian and is like do you have a smoke and then I was like, the fitness trainer has a smoke. It, it's Albanian fitness trainer. Of course he has a smoke. I mean, I'd have a smoke too if I was living in Albania, Dayton, Stacy. Yeah, and I guess that's how he stays. So then, so they, um, they go outside for a smoke and they laugh together. You know, like, I see you. We are in this together, man. You know, let's be guys. Let's be dudes. And they laugh about how the girls are crazy and it's only going to get crazier. <laughs> They're competitive, blah, blah, blah. 
I know. I'm sort of glad they have each other. I mean, they really do need each other in this trying time. Yeah. Florian didn't see, seem quite as on board to bro it up with Tom um, as Tom wanted to bro it up with Florian. True. True. So Stacy, when they're sitting there, she's like, I'm so glad we got to meet or whatever. And Stacy's like, um, what do you think? And, say, and she says, you know, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's really the sparks are really flying. Stacy's like, are they? Are the sparks flying? Yeah. The sparks are flying. And, you know, then they're all like mad at each other because like Stacy doesn't believe the sparks are flying. But Darcy says the sparks are flying. <laughs> They have to prove that the sparks are flying because if one twin doesn't believe that the sparks are flying with the other twin, fucking fists are going to fly. Yeah. So they go, the next scene is they go to see this beautiful bridge and, you know, he, you know, Tom is kind of getting into it. He's like, this is very romantic. And she was like, yeah, like people get engaged here. And he was like, I could see it, you know, and she's like, "Uh uh-huh. Wink, wink. Did you bring the ring with you? Do you see her um, looking at him when he says things like that? He says the slightest thing about like, oh, yeah, this is pretty or romantic or uses the word marriage. She looks at him like the cartoon coyote looks at the chicken and it like <laughs> turns into a chicken bone in the <laughs> cloud. You know, I'm like, she looks at him like she just wants to. Uh, she would march him down the aisle right now. if She could. Yes, I'm surprised she didn't say walking down this bridge is like walking down an aisle. I feel like Darcy at any moment could just produce a priest from like behind her cape. You know what I mean? Just be like, well, here's someone right now. <laughs> oh, my God. So she says she's so glad that he feels the romance. Um, and then the two girls are fixing their corn husk hair and trying to take a picture. The funniest thing is that Tom gets in the back and is trying to do his 45 degree angle photo. But he wasn't able to get his best angle in light because the girls are not fucking around when it comes to a picture. They are not going to let him get the best angle or the best light. No, it was hilarious to me because it was like four frauds trying to get their fraudulent photo out there at once. And it was not working because four people who look completely different on Instagram can't get it together in one picture. <laughs> okay, so but we, we skipped over the one of the most important parts, which was the lift down from the bridge, which was also a competition that did not go well for Darcy and Tom. Oh, 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 my God. That was, that was so sad because Florian is a fitness trainer and model. So he's just like, here, babe, I'll pick you up. And he just, you know, gently picks her up and she jumps into his arm like a cheerleader pose that they had already practiced. The second one was you and me lifting each other down. (laughs) Yes. Oh my God. That would be me. That would be me. It would be like, now look how she did it. Okay. I'm going to try. Oh, 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 oh no. I've got a bridge nearby my house. We're going to recreate that fucking moment. I've got some (laughs) pleather pants with your name on them. I don't know which position would be worse to be in the person that could not pick up the five, two tiny woman or (laughs) one with the five, two tiny woman with her ass hanging out. We'll make Bruce lift both of us down. (laughs) He has a bad back. It's going to turn out real bad. I think, yeah. Well, remember Tom had a, has like a broken ankle. Um, so, oh my God. It was so, amazing. In the picture, he does pick her up in the picture, which I thought was kind of funny. He's like, oh, I'm going to make up for it now. So he picks her up and she's like, oh, look, he really likes me. He touched me. Um, anyway, Darcy says, you know, oh, we're very competitive and ha ha and whatever. We already know this. So Stacy asks Tom, now, what would your dream wedding be like? I was like, what, what, what? And he says, I haven't spent too much time thinking about that and getting married. And Stacy says, you know, I think that he can sense that she wants more and she's scaring him away. 
Yeah, so is Stacy. St- who the hell asks a dude that? What is? Because guess what his answer is? It doesn't matter what guy it is. They're like, I don't have a dream wedding. What do you mean? What are you talking about? Like, that's not a question you ask a guy. I'm sorry if I'm being sexist, but I just can't. I can't picture a guy responding to that with like, well, in the magazines I've looked at, here's what I've clipped. Like, <laughs> no. Let me get out my folder and also my Pinterest board. Um, Seriously. So Darcy, Darcy says to her, like, well, Stacey, I am very happy for you and you're engaged. And she goes, are you? Are you, Darcy? Are you happy for me? And then Darcy's like, hmm, I was thinking the same about you. And then Tom, you see him on the side, he goes, the tit for tat is very hard to deal with. I know. Do you notice when they get really pissed off at each other, the twins I'm talking about, they shorten each other's names. That's when you know it's on like Donkey Kong. They're like, are you really Darce? Are ya? I don't know, Stace. Am I? Am I Stace? Yeah, Darce. That's what I'm thinking, Darce. I'm like, ooh, they're gonna fucking, they're gonna start hitting each other. As soon as they start to shorten each other's names, everyone notice this. This is like the tuft of, the, of Clint. This is like the early warning system that shit's about to go wrong. I think you're right. Yeah. You're I've seen it before. Right. I saw it with the Jesse when they, that whole Jesse conversation, remember? It was so awkward when they all met at that restaurant and they were like doing the Stace and Darce thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're right. You're yep. right. You're right. But, you know, Darcy says, look, he chose to come here for me. And it's very important to me that he has a good experience, Stacy. And then she starts to tear up and <laughs> she doesn't want she says, like, I don't want Tom to judge me on my and Stacy's demeanor together. Well, guess what? You live with her. Your whole lives are in, enmeshed. You have kids all in the same house. You've got a business together. I mean. You have court records together of assaulting yes. one another. Like we yeah, all, we yeah. understand that this is who you are. Yeah, I mean they're together. I mean, so if Tom cannot accept this crazy relationship, then he has to he has to bow out because listen, my cousins are twins, and like I've told you many times, the only vacation they've ever taken apart was when they went on their separate honeymoons. They do every single thing together, still at age forty four. Do they have this competitive relationship though? No, it is an in-love relationship that no one could ever, ever consider saying anything against the other. Not that I would, because I love them and they're great, but they're very, very defensive of each other. And it is, it's the opposite of this. It's, it's such a strong love bond. There's no, none of this ever. I mean, I know that siblings, not only twins can go either way. I mean, you can be competitive and be sort of frenemies or you can be really close, but... I've taught many twins over the years and there's all different kinds of twin relationships, but usually being very close is one of the hallmarks of being twins. You know, whatever that closeness means. These Mm. two are extremely codependent, like Starcy, Starcy. Oh my God. I just, I just named them Starcy, Stacy and Darcy. They need to like be at the same place with the same fillers, the same engagement stats, the same happiness the same I've opened my heart everything needs to be the same or the other one feels inferior do you know what I mean yeah absolutely yeah so like Darcy needs someone anyone doesn't matter who it could be a fucking lamppost to propose to her so that she and her sister can be engaged and both be talking about the same position in life you know what I mean yeah I think the only leg up that Darcy has on Stacy is that she was able to secure a tv show for a couple of seasons and the pillow talk and all of that so on that front right Darcy is winning right because they had tried to get on a reality show before and they tried to have their own reality show which many people have found on YouTube and it's hilarious if you haven't go look it up 
they also have like a single a singing situation out together as well. Oh yeah, that's right. They have the video. Um, we didn't talk about the van with like three wheels or five wheels that they were all in. That Tom thought they were all going to die in. I thought that was hilarious. No, he was... Their van had four wheels, but they passed a van that only had one wheel in the front. Oh, and they she passed got... one. That's yeah, right. She got... because they showed it, but their van had four wheels. But they, okay. but he go, she goes, oh my god, that thing only has one wheel in the front. He's like, that's a rickshaw, darling. Dumbass. Okay. Well, speaking of wheels, Michael is lucky he has four wheels because he had to sleep in that shit the night after he fought with Angela. Let's go to our last couple, Angela and Michael. Okay. This story this week also gave me all the happiness and all the sadness at the same time. I know. I know. It got pretty dark. Or fake. I can't figure out. Yeah. Darker yeah, fate, yeah, yeah. darker fate. You know what I mean? Is this like how bad it is or are they being this bad because they know that that's what makes them a popular story? I don't know. I can't figure it out. I can't either. Um, sorry. I had to take one quick second break right there, right at the time because I'm texting my son. No, go ahead. Sick. I'll start. So back at the bar, Angela throws a Coke at Michael when he brings her <gasps> one as a peace offering. He should have oh. brought her a carton of Marlboro Reds. Like he doesn't know his audience <laughs> bringing her a Coke. She's sitting there drinking alcohol. First of all, she needs a drink. She goes, Michael, I'm going to hit you right in the mouth. What she said was, Michael, Michael, get the fuck away from me. Michael. I'm going to hit you right in the mouth. Bitch, get your shit out of my room. My room. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> then she also said, I can't she, breathe. She goes, I hired myself a black SUV and headed my ass back to the hotel. <laughs> then they show her in the room chain smoking. I got a screenshot of that for my uh-huh. phone wallpaper because I change it weekly depending on Angela's new scene. <laughs> this is my wallpaper this week. Angela chain smoking in the room. They show... Three cigarette butts smashed out in the smallest, tiniest little soda bottle that you've ever seen. I'm like, she has skills. She is not new at this. She has turned many a thing into an ashtray in her life, including her bra, probably. I'm so sorry. She was drinking a 40. That was the lid to the That was 40. a 40? <laughs> yes. What? I didn't even notice. I was completely concentrating on the smokes. It was a giant beer. So I say it's a 40. Anything okay. that big that's a beer is a 40. You know what? Angela is out of her mind, and she is maybe... a horrible bully but i love this bitch man i can every scene with her i'm riveted Uh, same same oh my god she is nuts she the funniest thing is she's in her room like i've been sitting in this room for two days i'm not gonna do it again i'm gonna go out and she's doing her hair up she's and she (laughs) pins up what she got there's like a few (laughs) little hairs in the back that stick out straight and she's like fuck this it's hot nigeria so she pins those up in the tiniest little clip you've ever seen i was like i should I should take some notes, man. Oh my god! Man, um, so we see <laughs> we see Michael slept in his car. Yeah, and uh, she says Michael has hurt me again, and I'm not gonna sit in my room. I'm gonna hit the streets. <laughs> the day before, the day before when she was sitting there chain smoking and drinking her forty, she threw out of his all of his clothes out in the hallway. Yeah, that's what. That's yeah. what he deserves. So David on Pillow Talk, David and Annie, he <laughs> says, "Well, at least his clothes won't smell like cigs now." think about what his stuff smells like after a week with her oh my god oh my god think about what angela smells like just angela herself oh my god she she smells she smells like la dame uh karen huger spray totally she has really stepped up her beetlejuice pants game this season though i mean she's got the striped pants she put on a full cape 
a sleeveless cape or something to go out on the streets. Yeah, but it hit the streets. And then she tells the producers, Michael is a goddamn liar and there ain't no me and Michael. That's right. Yep. So we, we see him, you know, half naked in his car, pouring water <laughs> on his head. And he says, oh, you know, I said I wasn't going to leave the hotel. And so I did not. And so I just uh, slept in my car. I'm hoping for forgiveness. So she's walking out. She's like, I'm going to get my hair done. And she asked somebody at the counter where she can go. And they said, like, right across or whatever. So she's walking out. And he's like, Angela, Angie, Angela, Angie, Angie, Angela, Angela. She keeps walking. And she's just ignoring him. It's hilarious. So finally, he gets her attention. And she, he goes, she goes, I'm going. I know. I don't want to talk to you. I'm going. I'm going. And then she goes, Michael, go get the car. Okay, go get the car. And the second he turns around to get the car, she runs off. <laughs> Angela's on the run. She goes, I'll wait on you here. And then she goes, she peeks around and she starts hauling ass. I'm like, I think that's the first time I've ever seen her run. She's weaving between cars. I mean, she was pulling some full, like, like action, like she's going to roll under a car and jump up with a gun. She's got a lit smoke hanging out of her mouth while she's doing it too. I mean, you cannot, you can't write this shit. You cannot write it. I'm sorry. This is some very very top-notch reality television people that the learning channel is bringing us i don't care if it's fake i love it it was awesome so she so she gets to the place the funniest thing is she's halfway down the street rolling under cars and like body slamming off off hoods of cars jumping to another lane and he, he looks up and goes oh oh no oh and he realizes she's gone so i don't know then where he goes and gets a cake but she goes to the braiding place and he real, now realizes he has time before the producers say she's over there so he goes to like the local safeway and gets a cake so she's in the braiding place and getting her hair did up and the Nigerian salon owner comes over and they're probably like, you have to talk to this lady and she, to get some camera time for your store. And it's like, all right. So she goes over and that girl that's braiding her hair is doing it so fast. Oh my God. I know. And so cut to pillow talk. Dean says, uh, that ain't going to make you look like no African woman, Angela. <laughs> I think she's just trying to not be hot. I think she, she's just I like, think she, she's like this little clip and this other clip in the back aren't going to do it anymore so she only gets the center part braided though like uh yeah, I, don't, I wonder it, if she didn't have time or if she's like me she just likes to get her bangs out of her face like when i go to the went to the beach last summer my daughter's friend is really good at any kind of braiding like anything you want she can do it so i was like can you just braid like one cute braid in the front but make it go backwards so my bangs are off my head every morning she would do it so my bangs were off my face but it was a cute like french braid across the top of my head you braided up what you got I sure did. Oh, my God. All right. So she says to the camera, um, you know, wait, let's see. Yes. Okay. She, so she says to the camera, like, look, I don't know what he lies about, what he doesn't lie about, but maybe he just is lying to me about wanting to come here. Maybe he does just want to get a green card and, the mar- and, and you know, and then marry me and then leave me. I was like, maybe, probably. So here comes Michael in with the cake. And the owner's like, no, no, you can't bring that in here. You have to go outside. And she tries to stand up. And the owner's like, no, sit down. Like, we're like mid-braid here. So he goes out and waits. And then she says, he's trying to manipulate me with cake. Don't try to swindle me just because I like cake. I was like, that's so funny because he did. And we get a flashback of when her hair was longer and he sweet-talked her with the cake. Oh, yeah. I remember it was yellow. She ate it with a spoon and she was hemming and hawing the whole time. Like, mm, I don't know. Okay. All right. Fine. 
she does love cake. She loves But that you other know, cake looked better than this cake. This cake looked like it just came from the grocery store. Hey, you know what? Angela was on the run. He had to do what he had to do. He had to go to the local whatever and get a cake. He just got whatever was in the front. I mean, Michael yeah. is trying. He is trying. Here's what I don't... We have to go back to the root issue because all of the joking aside... Why did he lie to her about not being on that boat before? Because he wasn't, it didn't even look like he was there with other women. Those other women were like randomly in the background. Why not tell her, oh yeah, I was here like a few months ago. I mean, why does he perpetually lie about stupid things that he doesn't even have to lie about? Because I do get the irritation with that and the anger with that. Like, why are you lying for no reason? Yeah, it's if you lie about everything yes then you're gonna i mean you know i do get that he does say like i don't know why i didn't tell her i mean there was no reason to tell her and i didn't know she saw that picture so it's better just to not tell her i mean why you weren't doing anything wrong the the girl in the background was literally another passenger that wasn't even with him (laughs) exactly exactly it's like it's like someone like taking a photograph of our husbands at work and there being like a random woman somewhere in the background and us being like who's that bitch like yeah you're okay. not allowed to work anymore. Exactly. I mean, well, that's what Angela has allegedly done, right? She is not allowing right. Michael to even work. So she really wants control over him. However, I think this is a toxic relationship for many reasons, although I do love them and I don't ever want them to break up for real. But it's toxic because she does want complete control over him. However, I don't think she'd want that and go that crazy if he hadn't had this history of lying to her and continuing to do it. About everything. About everything. I mean, we know it all started last year with getting the blowjob for real. For real. You know? So mm, he did. now he's lying about trivial stuff, but why lie about trivial stuff? It's just going to get you into like hardcore trouble. He's terrified of her. So he is terrified um, and he wants the green card. We all understand that. But people who are saying, oh my God, Angela is just bullying him and abusing him. Yes, she's acting horrifically. Also hilariously for a TV show. However, he is like being a ridiculous liar about stupid shit. Yeah. So he gets what he gets. He gets a cake in the face. Um, (laughs) And I thought she was actually going to eat it right there on the street when she started to open it. Yeah, I did not expect that. That was great. She says, you want this cake? Here's your cake. Oh, my Um, God. Annie on Pillow Talk says, holy shit. Now you have to clean up your car. At least it wasn't in the car. That'd be a bigger mess. So he says, she threw my clothes in the hallway. Uh, she made me sleep in the car. And I don't think I deserve that. I'm so embarrassed. How much more can I take? A cake, like, that's a good question. How a much cake more in the face. Take? He did not deserve a cake in the face. No. That was a TV move. Yeah, I think so. So next week, uh, they go to Jennifer's house, Jennifer's dad's house. And he's like, you want to castrate it? And she's like, oh, you want to cut the balls? Poor Timothy. Mm-mm. He I know. can't take a, he can't take a, um, a, a sky coaster thing. He definitely can't do this. No, his little and spaghetti strap is like sliding <laughs> off his shoulder. He looks really he upset. Is in, he's in a very tiny tank top. And so uh, Omar tells Avery they have to get approval from the Islamic court to get married. She cries. Uh, Angela says this constant battle with Michael is not good. She wants to quit. And then they're in show him in the van and Tom and Darcy are sitting there and he makes a joke like, can I have some space? Cause she's sitting so close and her sister piles on and goes, yeah, Darcy, you're smothering him. <sighs> she's a mean girl. So the, the wrap up of Tom and Darcy is they should have gone to Canaria. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. The friend, the friend who's the PI tells Rebecca that she's done a background check on Zied and something doesn't seem right about him. Duh. Um, uh, ben goes to church and sees the dad 
uh, speaking in tongues and yelling. And Caesar doesn't want to film anymore. So that's what's going to happen next week. Yeah. And Tarek was triggered by seeing what Ben's experience is next week. He goes, oh, oh. he goes, I've been through that. I've been through that. He goes, I hope he's not in there for six hours like I was. Yes, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Amen, brother. Literally. Oh, my God. I've been there, too. And I am also triggered. All right. Let's move on to Love After Lockup. Here we go. Lacey and Shane. Shane is in the adjoining room the night after they spend their first, I guess their first intimate moments together where she ground on him, is, is ground, the past tense of grind. Okay, so she like did her do, do, do. I'm going to get on top of you. I'm not going to leave you in here to masturbate for like 10 straight hours on this blanket. They wake <laughs> oh up the next morning. I appreciated that Lacey wasn't all dolled up in the morning. That is one thing I appreciated that she didn't already have like her full face of crazy makeup on. She woke up like a normal hot mess, which I applaud. She looks so much better without all that makeup. Way better, way better. So, and she's like, you're such a gentleman. When he starts talking about how he's glad that they didn't sleep together the first night because he really cares for her. Whatever. Meanwhile, John, her actual boyfriend, who's still incarcerated, is blowing up her phone. He's texting her and she's texting him back, which means only one thing. He's got a contraband cell phone, which is now being proven on TV. Yeah, the calling was one thing, but now it's the full texting. And I've seen Orange is the New Black. I know they all have them. Um, I love that that's always your hashtag research. You're like, I know because I watch Orange is the New Black people. um, I watch Orange is the New Black, so I know everything about prison. Okay, so it's all exactly the same. So she's like, I don't want them to know about each other because John will have to go back to jail or Shane will have to go back to prison. So Shane was in prison. John was in jail. So they're going to yet another diner cafe, and they're sitting on the same side of the booth. And I was like, come on. But then we realized that the friend was coming. I know. I did, too. I wrote down. The first thing I wrote is, like, only crazy people sit on the same side of the booth. Now, no shade if you're one of those sit on the same side of the booth people. But I just never have been one of those with any boyfriend or man or friend or anyone. Unless there's another person coming, it is a strange experience to, like, crane your neck and look uh-huh. at that person who's on the same side. Yes. If you're trying to eat, especially. I know. Yeah. Okay, so um, she says, you know, her feelings for him have just been growing over time. It's been two days. Right. Two days. So Miranda comes, and uh, she's asking him about, you know, prison and whatnot. And he says, well, I caught this malicious wound in charge, but it was sort of like I was self-defending myself, but I wasn't, like, attacking someone, you know? When he answers her question, she goes, I'm wondering about who you are. Like, tell me about yourself. He gives her, like, a sixth-grade presentation opening paragraph. Did you notice that? He goes, my name is Shane. I'm from Virginia Beach. The reason I went to prison is I caught a malicious wounding charge, but it was with good intentions. Mm -hmm. He literally said, he like has a little sixth grade speech in his head. I'm like, this guy is so stupid. Bless him. I mean, he's really, really, I mean, bless him. Oh, he's a box of rocks, Mary Payne. It's like really bad. She's the brains of that operation. So she is. Yeah. So she says, you know, she's going to have to tell um, John who's getting out of prison soon. And she doesn't want to be alone with him when she tells him. And Miranda has made her wonder, did she make a mistake by being in two relationships? (laughs) Miranda does threaten Shane, though, before they leave. She says, if you hurt Lacey, I'll kill you. That's not a joke. I'll kill (laughs) you. 
He's like, well, I will malicious wound you right back. <laughs> but it will be with good intentions, and I will catch a charge, maybe. It was about defending myself and self-defense of myself. <laughs> okay. <sighs> okay. Andrea and LaMondre, we see, we're never going to see LaMondre. We know that. Never. Mm-hmm. And we see her finally get the news that we've all gotten uh, this week. Because she is, she's got her high-waisted shorts on. She's got her blinged-out headband. She's got her crop top. She's sitting on pillows, all propped up, waiting to get that call that LaMondre is going to be out. She's going to pick him up. And that is not what happens when she gets that call. No. She says um, when he gets home, before she gets the call, she says when he gets home, we're going to collaborate on everything. We're going to build each other up. And he's going to buy me my favorite car, which is a Porsche. And then she gets the call. And she throws the phone on the ground, Clint style. And she asked the producer if it's the joke. And the, if it's a joke, the producer's like, ah, no, the producer's literally hiding behind a wall. And so she goes into like a bathroom slash closet to talk on the phone after she retrieves it from under the couch. But before she retrieves it, did you hear how hello, hello, hello was just coming <laughs> yeah. from under the couch as the producer and Andrea were trying to like fight? I was like, this is hilarious. Uh, yeah, he was like, should I hang up? I'm using minutes. So she takes the phone into the bathroom or closet or whatever that is. And she's just yelling at him like crazy. And so then the producer goes in the bathroom closet with her and she's just bawling, hysterically crying. But the thing is, is they don't tell us, I mean, I guess they're going to tell us next week. They don't tell us at all. Like, was this the kind of thing like with Lizzie where all of a sudden she was supposed to get out, but then she couldn't because she, she, she caught a malicious wounding charge or she caught a heroin charge. Like did something happen in prison like the day before and he got it taken away or I don't know. I, uh, he was never going to get out. He's trying to string her along. Like, we need to know. We need to know. Yeah, I know. I, I hope we find out. You're right, because they don't tell us jack squat about what goes on. I mean, yeah. So who knows? But he's not getting out, and she's just going to be sitting around talking to her sisters about her <laughs> bad luck. All right. Sisters, we need more of them. I know. Where are they? They were like the best in show. I mean, they need to come back. I hope they come back for at least one more scene before we have to let go of these people. There's also another couple that were highlighted on the Love After Lockup preview of the season who we have not seen yet. Yeah, I guess now that LaMondre's not getting out of prison. That's what I'm thinking. Be, maybe this is the end of their story and the beginning of someone else's. Right. That's what I'm thinking. And also the Tony Angela thing might be coming right. to a bitter to an end. end. Yeah. Right, Should we talk right. about them next? Sure. All right, Tony and Angela. Angela goes with Marge Simpson's sisters uh, <laughs> to the bridal shop, and it is the best scene I've possibly ever seen in a bridal shop. The three of them talking in these voices, yeah, it is music to my ears. They are hilarious. So she is at the bridal shop pretending that she's still getting married to this dude who will not let her even give him a blowjob. Uh-huh. And she's, she's, like, she's, she's begging to give him one. He will not take it. He will not, he will not take it. He would rather have like a hamburger for McDonald's. She's like, okay, what I'm looking for, I don't want no bling. I don't want no fling. <laughs> she definitely had had a night out the night before. Her voice was worse than usual. And she's got... She's got Sister Donna with her and Brenda. Here's the thing about Brenda. Brenda looks like someone who belongs to a country club and plays tennis every day. Okay, Brenda cleans up great. I cannot believe Brenda was in prison, and I really would like to know why. I know. She she explains, and she's talking to Donna about how she used to use men for money while she was in prison, and she, I'm sure Tony's doing the same thing. And I write, why does Angela sound like she smoked five packs the minute before they started filming? Did you hear um, Donna? Donna was even worse. 
And I, mean, these, I don't even know how they allowed them in this store. They're stinking up all the dresses. Oh my God. I know. Where's Angela? The Angela would be a great fourth to this mm. group. Don't you think that would be the dream team? That would be the dream team. I, I don't know if they can handle her. Okay. So, <laughs> so he calls her and says he was supposed to go back to the halfway house, but he didn't. And they keep calling him and he's afraid now if he goes back, he's going to go to jail. I mean, he's going to go to jail either way. So he says, here's, here's what happened. I went to play basketball with my friend after work and I got lost track of time. And then I got freaked out because I got the email saying that I had to come back. So I just didn't go back. Right. And she's like, what are you saying? And where are you now? You have to go back. And he says, I, I won't tell you where I am, but I love you. Right. This, this is, is some Tracy bullshit. This is like, yeah. I went yep. to, I laid on his lap and I smoked me some crack and now I'm on the run and uh, I love you. Bye. And the sister says, well, it's either drugs or a woman. And Brenda says, of course it's drugs. He's an addict. It came right back. And they surround her like like witches. It's amazing. And she's still in this dress. And Donna's like, you need to dump his ass. <laughs> they were like, he had it made. You had seen to that. You dump him. You dump him. <laughs> Donna says to the cameras, she is getting caught up in his wayab. Yeah. And Brenda says, you can't change him. <laughs> yeah. Then she marches off to get out of the dress. They have to help her. And she's like, I'm vowing to find him. It's like, oh, my God. I love these three. <laughs> I love them so much. Them getting huffy in that bridal shop. I wanted them to show more of the employees' reactions. The employees, like, scattered to the four corners of the earth. You know, normally there's, like, one or two hanging yeah. around. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. They ran. They ran. They were like, now we have to defumigate these dresses. And now we're terrified that ex-con's going to come near looking for his woman. Oh, my God. We're never going to see Tony again, right? Nope. Like, he's gone. That's yeah. it. He's gone. Soon to be gone, my prediction is Amber, who is going to run. As soon as puppy's mom's door closes... Amber is going to be out of there. She is going to relocate. She is going to go into, she's going to be in the wind because Vince came this close to murdering her this week, but he didn't quite get there and she's got to make her escape. Yeah. They go awkwardly shop for a mattress and they discuss how she's been out of jail one whole day, but he feels like she's holding back the affection. Um, they, they're, they're buying the mattress. They're laying on it together. Like try this one out. And it, it mattress shopping is really awkward. And, she's laying on it and stuff and he goes well i'm buying a mattress but we've never even been on one together and uh you know she tells us this shocking revelation which i'm not kidding i was shocked where she says i was in jail before and what and she says you know i met a guy who wrote me and i got out and i married him and then i divorced him so i don't want to keep with this pattern i just want to be sure i know vince first yeah well then you idiot when vince wrote his five to ten to fifteen letters to random prisoners asking if they all wanted to be his girlfriend and you're the one who wrote back and then you decided mm -hmm. to marry him and agree to that maybe you should have questioned things then uh-huh question your bad behavior oh my god as he's laying on that bed like a total fucking creep who definitely has hostages in his basement He's like, this bed is approved by me. He, he, he. And she's like, she looks like she's either going to shank him to defend herself or run, but she doesn't. She stays there. Yeah. She wants to get to know him. She wants to take it slow. She just doesn't want to get hurt. She doesn't want to get killed. I mean, she truly is never, ever going to give him an ounce of affection. Like, they're definitely never going to get past a handshake. 
Yeah, I don't. I thought you were going to say hand job. Okay, so or that. Um, so they're going to the house. He does it all himself. He's so proud of himself because he's lifted up the mattress, everything by himself. And she goes, you know, I really do like a guy with muscles and he is in good shape with a good body. And they pose on the bed, like for the, you know, a selfie time. He is, it looked like he's literally poured 26 glasses of water on his head. He's in a full, full sweat. I mean, and he goes, I hope that uh, making and building that bed for her is going to make her appreciate me. And I'm just going to start looking for her cues like I could go in for it. And here's what he gets. Uh, she tells him, I'm going to stay here alone tonight. Uh, don't take it the wrong way. You know, I just need some time. It's a lot all at once. And uh, thanks again. Yeah. And uh, he gets and rejected says, with like a stiff arm hug and pushed out the door. Yeah, and thanks again, and I do appreciate everything you're doing. It really means a lot to me. Now, get out of here so I can enjoy my new mattress all alone. Oh, my God. He gets rejected on the bed he paid for and put together. That is, it's a new low. I mean, we see lows every week go lower and lower on Love After Lockup, but this guy is an idiot. He has no idea. I mean, he, where did this desperation come from? He's not a total troll. He's completely socially awkward, though. I mean, is that yeah. what's happened in his life? He just could never, he had to write to prisoners. You know what I keep thinking? He is an Italian, and I think he was in the Chicago area. What about um, the youngest daughter on Smothered? Could he date her? Because they were really into oh her having God. an Italian guy. No, we like that family. Stop. We are not sicking okay, Vince. Right. On, mm -mm, no okay. way. No right. way. But uh, Carly. Her name's Carly. Carly. Yeah. That's right. Hey, Carly. All right. So Cheryl and Josh. Let's move on to them. So Cheryl mm. and Josh, who everyone's like, are these the only clothes they have? No, we're just following them still in like the six hours post-release. That's all the farther we've gotten with them. Josh's okay. size sticker is still on his jeans. Cheryl's wedgie is pulled out of her butt. She's still wearing that dress around. They go to a restaurant to meet with Josh's mom, who Cheryl hates. And she Hate. says, sometimes you just put a smile on your face and ignore the bitch. And so that's her plan. Uh -huh. We find uh -huh. out that Cheryl's, well, not her stepmom. Or, I'm getting all my terms confused. Josh's mom hates uh -huh. Cheryl because she thinks that Cheryl was trying to steal her man <laughs> with some beer. Uh, I, uh, okay. Right. Kenny. Yeah. Kenny, <laughs> Kenny is Josh's mom's husband. And apparently according to Tina, Cheryl tried to fuck Kenny. So Josh says Cheryl and my mom are a lot alike. They're both psycho. Um, so, Josh has a type. He's chosen someone just like his mother. So Cheryl says about Tina, Cheryl, she, Tina acts like she's something special, but she's trash. Anything Tina says is going to make me mad. So she gets up from the table and cries in the car because Josh says, I'm going to be living with Tina. And could Cheryl come over sometimes? And Tina's like, I doubt it. Um, and <laughs> the reason is, is because <laughs> Cheryl can't come over. Because one time, Cheryl tried to fuck Kenny because Cheryl was going to go get mo more beer. And that made Tina think because she was going to get more beer, that meant she wanted to screw her husband. Right. As one thinks. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is some Maury Povich. This is some low down dirty. I, I insulted Maury by even saying that. This is lower. This is Jerry Springer. This is beyond. I mean, this family dynamic is so toxic and gross. But... It's highly entertaining. The fact that Josh, the convict, is like the most normal, well-adjusted one of all these three at the table. 
Mm-hmm. And he he definitely has serial killer vibes. I mean, he definitely does. Oh, and yeah. Remember, he he's is, the one who wrote the book from prison about, like, murdering someone and how to get away with it. Yeah, he is um, it just, like, looks like a banker, but definitely will, uh, you know, give you a ride in his Volkswagen and have the passenger seat out and kill you on the floor. That's Ted Bundy. Okay. So... <laughs> So they're driving, and Cheryl, after he goes to get his ankle monitor, he's like, look at this, baby. And so they're in the car driving, and Cheryl's on and on about how, I did not fuck that goddamn man. I mean, she is on and on. She tells us about her standards. She goes, I told your mom if I wanted to cheat on Josh, which I don't, it wouldn't be with your grody-ass husband. I mean, she is gone completely nuts so she says okay you know she lets him out and says i go pick you up in the morning and she doesn't even like she pulls up like two blocks away and he has to like run through the trees to get to his house and she says you know i'm sad and i'm depressed to go back to the hotel that i rented alone you know i was like you and your jizz blanket have to go back alone to the hotel that's what i wrote down she used to lay with her jizz blanket and cry all night i mean it's the most depressing shit ever she calls her sister, who we recall is a parole officer mm-hmm. or a probation officer mm-hmm. or some kind of officer of the court. And her sister just laughs and laughs. And Cheryl cries and is like, I waited for two years to sleep in the bed with him and you're laughing at me. And her sister- <laughs> Do you remember when her sister was back filming a scene with her at the beginning of this show, the season? And she's like, you're just a stupid person. Her sister goes, yeah, yeah, you're crying over nothing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the sister might even be younger, and she is the voice of reason in that family. Oh, totally. She's like Nicole's brother, you know, the only one with brains. Like, one got the brains and all the teeth, apparently. Although, (laughs) mom and dad, some teeth, back at home watching the three kids, they have more sense in their head than Cheryl, too. Yeah, I mean, they, they, you know, if they would have let her, Cheryl just would have taken all those three kids and stood to the prison door and left him in the car I mean, I don't Seriously, know. Seriously, she's no. a terrible, terrible person. No. I don't see anyone on the show working out. I'm scrolling through right now thinking, who is going to work out this season? Because, you know, we did have like the Britneys of, you know, before. And I'm looking, nobody, nobody is going to work out, right? I mean, this is like just a shit show beyond. Like there is not one couple here that we can root for. Right. Well, Lacey has two chances. So. She is, she, right. Well, she's going to blow both of them and someone is going to get maliciously wounded in the process. Yeah. All right. I think, I think Lacey's got, Lacey's got the best chance because she's a two for one. Maybe. Okay. Lizzie and Daniel. Yeah. Lizzie and Daniel don't even know each other. I mean, they dated for like a hot minute before he went to prison and mm-hmm. he truly looks like the scaredest person in the world when he gets out. I mean, he got all these tattoos probably to protect himself in there. So now he looks like a crazy, scared, tattooed person. He He's a really sad case to me. Like, I actually feel yeah. bad for him, and I don't know why. It's just, you can see it in his eyes. He's just, like, lost. He's very emotionally sunned. Very. And so, you know, they're in the car. He's happy to see the mountains and the cows and the stuff outside. He's like, look, there's a cow, you know, and Lizzie's in the back. And uh, she says, I can't wait to have sex with him, but I'm stuck with my boyfriend's mom. Um, I mean, they are they are just both just like teenagers. And she says, like, they're going to go meet her mom, Carol. Carol seemed pretty normal. And then she says, she says, Teresa has a bitch-ass attitude. And I worry about her meeting uh, my mom, meaning Teresa. I was like, you're not worried about your mom meeting Daniel with his face tattoos? That's not a concern. Exactly. When he shake, he goes, I'll just give her a good old handshake. I'm like, with the hand that has the girl stabbing herself in the face or the other hand with the guy shooting himself in the head? Like, which hand are you going to use for that, sir? Mm. 
this is me. This is your daughter. Which hand do you want? So this is the most depressing scene. And we've seen a lot of depressing scenes because their plan for the entire night is to drink. Yeah. And it, it, it tells a lot. It tells a lot. So Teresa asked Carol, Lizzie's mom, like, what do you think about these two? And um, Carol's like, um, well, um, I think Lizzie makes some harsh comments. And uh, then the moms, the moms ask, are y'all going to stay here and drink more at the bar? I was like, has he been on? Has he been to see his officer? Is he allowed to have a drink at the bar? Like, did we miss something? And she says, they say no. Uh, and Carol jokes and goes, they're going to come back to my house and drink. Yeah. And, Ter- and Teresa's like, remember what happened last time y'all drank together. And Teresa doesn't want him to drink for fear it will trigger him because he had a meth habit. Uh, Teresa is correct. She's absolutely correct. 100% yeah. correct. And Carol, who looks like the most normal one, is obviously an idiot for being yeah. like, oh, sure, you guys can come back to my house and drink. It's like, really? Do you want the police storming in your house? Because, again, yeah, this is his first night out. Of course, it could trigger something else. This is his first Not night. Of- so stupid. And her daughter was on pills. So it's not I like know. her daughter. I mean, her daughter was an addict too and got her life together. So now she's encouraging this. So yeah. And know, the two, and the two young idiots here are acting like their moms are the nut jobs. They're like, what does he say? He's like, I hope they don't reach across the table and beat each other's faces in. It's like, what? I hope you guys like stay out of prison for another day. Yeah. And I don't understand why Lizzie and Daniel's mom have a problem in the first place. Like, I, I mean, it seems like they're on the same side. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't Well, do you remember the conversation in the motel where Daniel's mom was like, so you're not dating any other people? You're right. not da, da, da. And then Lizzie was like, I have a secret I have to tell. I think there's going to be something coming up that she didn't see him in these two years or however long it was because she really did have another boyfriend. So I think probably his mom knows about this. Mm-hmm. And maybe she, has a, maybe she has a baby with somebody else. Oh, my God. Oh, Lord, please don't bring other children into this. Jesus, thank you. Amen. All right. <laughs> next week, what Tony's on the road. What a next friend week. we... Oh, sorry. <laughs> we're going to do a him. <laughs> no, no, we're not doing a him. <laughs> next week, Tony's on the run and Lacey confesses to Shane. That's all I got. <laughs> God. Oh, my God. Nobody's going to end up together. And I would say 90% of this season's cast are going to end up back in prison if they even get out. Like we see Lamondre's not getting out. Um, Shane... And John, when they meet up, they're going to get themselves thrown right back in. I don't know if Cheryl and Josh, Josh, I don't know if he'll survive the ankle monitor. I don't know if that's going to happen. He looks like he's itching to commit another crime. Tony's going back in. Daniel might not even survive his first night of drinking. He might not even have time to unpack his trash bag, a.k.a. luggage, before he gets thrown back in. I mean, it's really dark, bleak season. Well, I think that Shane is so dumb that he'll stick with Lacey no matter what. So I think that those two are going to end up together. See, you know, let's put it on a positive note. Your heart is open. Well, Shane's heart is way open. <laughs> All right, Mary Payne, tell us what's coming up on Pain in the Pod this week. Pain in the Pod this week. Well, I had an interesting morning where I tried to record with someone who did not show up, and it was very, very sad. God, I know. So rude. You know the last person to do that to me was Darcy. (laughs) This was not Darcy. I won't say who it was, but I did get a text here since we've been recording that the person did have the time zone wrong, so that was why. Mm. Okay. That happens. Okay. Allegedly. So um, this week, uh, today's the 16th, right? So on the 18th, I have, wait a second, Insomniac, right? 
we haven't heard that one yet (laughs) i don't think so we're recording this on the 16th but i'll be releasing it on the 7th i'll be releasing it on the 18th when your new episode comes out okay right so wednesday the 18th insomniac is going to be um released and then on the 25th i've got my interview with kim goldman for confronting oj i am so excited to hear that and you have extra with her Mm -hmm. on the patreon right I did. I did extra with her on the Patreon and she is, um, you've heard her on Howard Stern or other podcasts or whatever. She's very, very, uh, very interesting. And she is a very obviously serious person talking about a serious matter, but she does also have quite a bit of like lightness to her and joking. And she and I are, you know, close to the same age. And I, I don't know, you know, at the end she was like, I just really want to tell you, I appreciate you being so informed and knowing so much. And you ask great questions because you really did listen to the whole podcast. I was like, uh, yeah, I did listen to the whole thing twice, to be honest. Yeah, as one should yeah. before they interview. Yeah, I'm I'm so glad that you had her on. I cannot wait to hear these interviews. That's awesome, yeah. Mary Payne. Awesome. Well, you guys can follow uh, at Payne in the Pod on all platforms. You can follow me at Erin Leah Martin with practically my social security number on all platforms <laughs> you can join remember guys join the pink shade with aaron martin facebook page if you want to see all of the announcements that will be rolling from now up to november 8th which is the night we are going to do the madison meetup Woo-woo. with the bunkies uh we're gonna have treats there for you it's gonna be super fun and um Again, you don't have to go to Luann's show if you want to. Great. If you don't, just curl up what you got and come out and see us. We'll have a great time together. And we'll have some fun things for you, too. And you can also join our Patreon, Hey Bunky. So you go to patreon.com slash heybunky for an extra recap with Mary Payne and I every single week. We are still covering 90 Day the Other Way. Marrying Millions just ended. We are announcing a brand new show that we'll be covering on the Hey Bunky podcast this week. So if you are subscribed to that, you'll be hearing what our announcement is. And of course, we take requests for special recaps in our highest tier. And we have some of those mm. coming up too. At this mm-hmm. over on patreon.com slash heybunky. You can go to patreon.com slash pinkshade for all of my bonus material. I've got over 55, maybe 56 episodes over there that you can unlock right away. Pledging every month $5 or more. And you can go to Mary Payne's patreon.com slash pain in the pod for all of her bonus material she's got some great bonus interviews over there of podcasters that you know and love and i think that's it hey we another marathon recap you guys if you've listened to the very end we love you thank you (laughs) thank you and thank you for giving us uh five star ratings and reviews on itunes (laughs) let those that love us love us and those that don't let, Say them, nothing. let God turn their hearts. And if he can't turn their hearts, may he turn their ankles so we know them by their limping. Isn't that the old Irish proverb? <laughs> I don't even know what you just said, but that was amazing. <laughs> All right, guys, we love you. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.